Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking the rest of the premium defenders, the ones that we think are overvalued that you should not be picking for your AFL Fantasy squad. Let's go. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Mitch Case and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy and joined uh, once again talking defenders. Luke, how are you, man? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be back. Uh, Luke uh, Rojo17 on Twitter for anyone who's uh, looking for me. And keep, keep in track. What are we, uh, mate? Exciting news! Exciting news! I want to build up to this a little bit. So, some <laughs> the guys on uh, watching on YouTube, you guys will be able to see this piece of paper in front. It uh, it says one out of three. Now, it's not because we're learning fractions today, Mitch. <laughs> it's because I officially have one out of the three traders following me on Twitter. So, thank you so much to the Warn Dog. We oh, be- we got him on. Yeah, we be- <laughs> we threw the bait out. We begged and pleaded last uh, last episode. So, the Warn Dog, thank you so much, man. Um, very, very kind of you to, to um, throw us a follow. So, one out of three. I'm going for all three. I'll either, I reckon I'll either get all three or I'll get a restraining order taken out against me. Um, but uh, we'll see, hey? We'll see. Well, yeah. so, We're going to send the word out to the other three boys. Uh, who's going to be next on? It's a, it's a very prestigious, obviously. <laughs> Warnie's come in first place. Who's going to come in second? Let's see, Calvin, Roy. Uh, over to you guys now, boys. Um, no, very, very kind of the Warn Dog. So, um, yeah. Exciting news. And what's the, what's the Twitter followers up to now? Where are I, we at? I think we cracked the 50. So oh, okay. It's, um, okay. We're yeah. getting up there. We're, I mean, we're slowly getting there. So we'll... we'll All right. Uh, well, well get... now that the game is officially open, Mate, there's going to be uh, there's gonna be lots of content coming out through Twitter. Lots of uh, lots of little nuggets I think we're going to be dropping. So, uh, yeah, let us know. Obviously, the game dropped last night on the day that we were recording. Uh, I think we've both already had a bit of a play around with our, yeah, our teams. and um, um, We couldn't resist. Hey? It was uh, We were in the middle of a game of Thrones episode last night and <laughs> yeah. that, that got paused to uh, jump on fantasy. Yeah, so. we saw the tweet and uh, Very yeah, exciting. Yeah, had to jump on and have, have a fill around. Uh, so uh, yeah, we will be obviously tweeting out a lot of information so make sure you guys are following us over on Twitter. That's where our first thoughts are going to be out there when news drops. Our initial uh, breakdowns will be over on Twitter and then we'll go into a bit more depth on these podcasts. But let's get stuck into it. Uh, we've got a few players to go through, some defenders that we think are overvalued. We went through our undervalued um, uh, defenders in the most pre- uh, recent podcast. So if you haven't already, go and check that out. If you're on YouTube, there might be a little link up here. If you're on the podcast, just go to the one previous to this one. Um, but let's start off straight away at the very top. I'll start us off here with Sam Doherty. Uh, what a story, first of all, oh, last year. Um, didn't yeah. think that he was going to be playing round one. Had an interrupted preseason. Comes out, averages over 110 fantasy points. Uh, he's priced at 977000 so nearly in the uh, nearly a million-dollar man in defense. 
I still think, though, however, he's overvalued, or at least there's no real value to selecting Sam Doherty. As much of a gun as he is, and as a player, I really respect and love the way he goes yeah. about it. Um, I picked him up around the buys and was a great trade-in for me. I think when I grabbed him, he, he came out first game, 130. But I just don't think that you're you're gonna you're going about it the right way if you're selecting a defender at 110 um, price tag. I think it's just a bit much to spend on a defender. Yeah, I agree. In this case, uh, Mitch, it's probably the same sort of case for the for these top three defenders we're going to talk about. But like, do you want Sam Doherty in your team by the end of the year? Absolutely. Yeah, of course yeah. you do. So so if you're listening to the pod, don't don't confuse what we're saying here. Of course we want we all want Sam Doherty in our team by the end of the year. But we're just saying that. Would you pick him straight off the bat, valued at 110? I think he's 970 odd thousand, maybe yeah, a little bit 977. more. 977. So, um, yeah, I'm not picking him right off the bat because I'm banking on the fact that we might even get him at a reduced price if he sort of starts the year a little bit slowly. But we'll see how that plays out. And, and, and that's the thing when you're priced at that sort of this sort of level, it doesn't take much for your price to drop a, a little bit. Like you could come out averaging 105, and you're still going to drop yep. uh, a fair bit. You could still be the number one defender, um, but still drop in price. And the other thing is, I think I was talking to you a bit about this off air last night. Is um, it's it's the opportunity cost as well. So just because if you're picking a player like uh, Sam Doherty, those players with a really heavy price tag. Sure, he might come out and be the number one ranked defender. I still have him ranked there, but you might be missing out on the value of selecting someone else that might be of a good selection. Uh, if you have to pay up here, you're going to have to skimp somewhere else on your team. And um, the more money that you have invested into your starting squad at value, the, the better off your team is going to be. So money is points early on, and you want your points to be working for you. Spot on. And if, if we reference the previous pod, we mentioned Angus Brayshaw as a, as a player that has some value there. So he's a full $100,000 less than Doherty. So if you can get Brayshaw in and he averages something similar to Doherty at the start of the season, not only do you have the points, but you've got 100k. You've got 100k. You've got 100k. You can whack down on someone else's head and hopefully that'll get you more points uh, down the line. So yes, that's that's where the difference is. Um, I think a few people might sort of point out the fact that he has averaged 117 in a season in in previous years, in 2017. Uh, a little while ago now, um, coming down uh, five or six years. So, and I also think that the um, the Carlton Blues were were a little bit of a different team back then. They were a team sort of very much down at the bottom of the ladder. Um, look, he has the capability, and if he comes out and does average 115, I wouldn't be completely shocked. I just don't think I could confidently predict that, um, nor would I feel comfortable paying up for that in the off chance that he does that. I still have him. We're going to go through our best six, our top six defenders in the, at the end of yep. this podcast, but I still have him at number one, spoiler alert, uh, but I just think that there's there's maybe a couple of points downside for him, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think there's more value elsewhere. I mean, and don't get it twisted. Like, these guys that we're going to talk about, these guys are are genuine guns and there's every chance that they go above what they averaged last year but it's just uh, the confidence that we have in that yeah. to start the season probably not as much uh, yeah so let's lead on to the second overvalued player um, we've got Jack Sinclair on this list yeah so I'm keen to talk about Jack Sinclair because he does fall into the the boat with Doherty a little bit at, um, as just being overvalued I don't know whether he's going to um, go higher than he did last year. But there's actually a couple of other things at play with Jack Sinclair as well. Obviously, we know that at St Kilda, we've got a new coach. Mm-hmm. Ross, the boss, is coming in. So, new system. Yeah, new system. And that's something to look at as well. I think like as fantasy coaches, we're always a little bit wary when there's changes because it just it, it could be positive, but it also could 
you know, reduce a player's fantasy impact as well. So yep. with Sinclair there, um, yes, again, there's every chance that he's in the top six defenders come the end of the year, uh, but it's just a wait and watch on him as well. Um, we need to see what the preseason looks like for St Kilda, and then we just don't have full confidence that he'll his average, um, or his price, sorry, at 103. Yep. So uh, we just don't have full confidence starting the season that he's going to present value. Yeah, the other thing was like um, Sinclair was a, was a huge surprise package last year. Like he was one of those players that didn't really have a huge change in role. Um, just got a whole lot better, and he got a whole lot better at basically age twenty seven. You know, it wasn't like a third or fourth year breakout or anything by any stretch. He just had an amazing season. His season high before last season was seventy nine points. Yeah, um, and then all of a sudden comes out and drops one hundred and three on us for the whole season. Was yep. really good. Uh, played a little bit in the middle, but it wasn't in the center bounce where he was getting his big scores. It was off half back, and he's played there before. Um, so, in terms of my confidence for him. Um, Repeating that or improving upon that, it, it's fairly low. I think there is a bit of downside to the fact that a new coach, new system, that maybe he goes back to what he's done in the past and it's around that sort of 80s sort of mark. I think obviously he's a really good player, but uh, compared to some of the other guys, I think there's a, a fairly significant risk with Sinclair and um, I, I think that there's a bit of downside as opposed to what he did last year. Yeah, we're not we're not touching him off the bat at that price, are we? No, no, I don't think so. I think, And I don't think that's a fairly hot take. I think he won't be very uh, highly owned because of... Because of that reason, and uh, yeah, I think um, whilst I still have him inside the top six, he's definitely a different spot than what he finished last year. Yep. Um, Let's go with another one of those big three guys, Jordan Dawson again. So these were the three, Doherty, Sinclair, Dawson. They all averaged over 100 last year. Dawson, 101 in his price tag. His price is... Uh, where have I got him here? 893,000. Just a tick under that 900K mark. Um Again, he's he's someone that we had on the radar last season, moving clubs, going yep. over to, to Adelaide from Sydney. He played a little bit on the wing, also played a little bit off halfback, still got a lot of those kick-ins. Um, he's, he's obviously one of their best kicks in the team. Yeah, I, I have... Look, I have full confidence that, that Dawson will produce a similar year to last year. I don't think there's a, a risk of him um, falling off a cliff or anything. Um, but as with the first two guys, it's just he performed so well last year that it just means that he's not fantasy value for there's us. There's no real change in yeah. his role. Yeah. There's the, the team's not dramatically different or anything like that. I yeah. think that it... You, you could go out on a limb and say that, yep, he's going to improve again. He is still young-ish. He's, he's turning 26 this year. So in the middle of his prime. Um, but statistically, there's no real evidence to say that he's going to come out and average 110 this year instead yeah. of 101. And with these three top guys, we're not saying that you couldn't pick these guys in your team and still do well. Yeah. Like, yeah I mean, you, you could. You yeah. could. You could pick these guys. You could still do well. So, so there's – take our advice, of course, but, you know – run it through your own lens as well. If, yeah. if you wanted to pick these guys, there's still an opportunity to do well, but we're just saying they don't present as much value as some of the other players um, that you could pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if we refer back to uh, rule number one there, Luke, uh, we want to be... <laughs> I know we've been hot on the over-30s rule, but yeah. rule number one, every player should have value and and you need to be confident in that value. Yeah. And, um, and and I don't think that I could confidently go ahead and just make a bold prediction that these guys here are going to be uh, 10 points, 5 points better than they were last season because they had really good years and uh, there's always room for them to slide back. 
Let's move on to the next couple of guys. So those are the big three. I think um, there's a couple of guys here which are really obvious. We'll run through them maybe a bit quicker. A couple of Weagles. A couple of Weagles. Alex <laughs> Witherden, uh, priced at uh, 95, uh, 844,000. Shannon Hearn, priced at uh, just a tick over n- under 94. So Mitch, you're telling me you're not picking Shannon Hearn? In your team I, yeah, well, he does He does cross one of those rules, mate. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, old, as, he's old as shit, man. He, he may need a mobility scooter um, on the field. <laughs> soon, I reckon. This has got to be his last year, right? He'd be going close. Um, his uh, his hairline is almost as bad as mine, so at, at 35... <laughs> I've noticed you've worn a hat each podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very deliberate move, mate. It's a deliberate <laughs> move. We can't all be as good looking as you, mate. So, yeah, 35 for Shannon Hearn, although he's he's a jet, one of the best users in the AFL, um, fantasy-wise, not for us. Yeah, so Shannon Hearn, he, he just... He, like, I, I expect him to regress a little bit. He put up a great season last year, and he's definitely their designated kick Especially the last seven ins. games. I yeah, think he, I think he came he home averaging... Like, 105 to 107. Something like that. Sorry. Yeah, he, he's he's dominating their kick-ins. Basically yeah. takes nearly 90% of those. Um, he's definitely the general back there. And Alex Witherden, we've always been waiting for Shannon Hearn to retire so Witherden <laughs> can get his, his opportunity, but... Mate, if he took the kick-outs, he'd average 110. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a bit of... He's got that little fantasy... Sort of uh, piggish behaviour about him. He's always looking for those sort of uh, plus sixes. Bit of a seagull, but his spot in the team is not secure. Um, the, the, the Eagles don't really seem to want to give him that opportunity. And um, yeah, just not someone I can trust basically yeah. moving forward. And uh, like we said before, there's no real change in the team. Maybe Shannon Hearn brings the kick-in responsibility a little bit less and someone like a Witherden can pick it up. But there's also a few younger defenders in there that I think yeah. um, have just a bit too many. There's too many ifs, isn't there? Yeah. With those, with particularly Witherden and Hearn's just super old. So, yeah, so I think they're, they're pretty They're pretty obvious uh, overvalued guys. Um, now, next, go on. Next bloke on the list, I was just going to say, if you're happy for us to move on. Yeah, yeah, let's move um, on. I'm interested to get your thoughts here because... This guy, I think, will be a popular choice with some people. I think he's like got a little bit of a fantasy history, and I think people will see that name and think, hey, hey, I might be able to get on this guy. He's 31, so I know you're not getting him, but talk to us about Mitch Duncan. Yes, Mitch Duncan. So I think I, I when we were doing these shows up, just by name value alone, when we first started doing those uh, uh, run sheets, I initially had Mitch Duncan in our in our value uh, yep. category. And, what made you change? Well, well, just looking at the stats last year... Um, and and sort of, okay. Well, what is he actually doing in the role that he's going to be playing this year? Yeah. And I think my my mind had instantly went to, oh, Mitch Duncan. He's averaged 112 in the past. He's averaged 105. He's he's someone who's got a really high fantasy pedigree. But playing in that defensive role with the Geelong's adjustment to their game style, they're no longer chipping it around like they were in a few years seasons ago. I just don't see the upside for a Mitch Duncan at age 31 to improve on last year. Tom Stewart is more their general. Yeah. Um, they, they also still have another few other guys down back there that, that can sort of possess the footy. I think that when he was that wing in the center, doing whatever he wants, he, he was maybe a bit better of a ceiling. But I think in this roll-off halfback in a Geelong team that doesn't kick the ball around as much anymore... I just think he is what he is, and I don't know if I see the statistical reason for him to uh, to improve. Like, he played 19 games last year. It's a fair sample size, yeah. and it was all in the same role, pretty much. Um, he had a good finals. He put up some good good stats in the finals, grand final. Uh, you know, had the 27 disposals and 13 marks, um, but we know how much of a blowout that game was. Yeah, there's, like... He's always going to go big at some stage, isn't he? So he's going to have al- some big games. There's, there's no always doubt. going to be a game where you go, oh, damn, don't have Mitch Duncan. But I think it, there's 16K difference between Stewart and Duncan. 
and I'm taking Stewart. I'm taking Stewart every day as well. Yeah, yeah. In, in that in that matchup. Yeah. Now the next fella here, Dan Houston, we have a problem. Uh, <laughs> do you reckon we have a problem, or what are your well, thoughts initially? I've, and I've seen some takes as well. I've seen some takes out there in the, uh, the the Twitter AFL fantasy community that that Houston might be a bit unders. Uh, I just don't know if I can confidently go ahead and say that and yeah. and lock him into my fantasy squad. Like he's a very up and down kind of player, and when I am not able to tell why someone went off and had a huge score and why they went to crap. There's not an obvious change in role or anything like that. I, I just can't pick them because there's no rhyme or reason. It, maybe it's yeah. game script or just how the ball sort of fell that that, that round that, that he scored well. Like last Makes year, first, first game, 150. Wow, amazing. <laughs> game two, 71. Game three, 68. There's like some 40s just, in there too, I think. There's some well, 40s in season. there. There's, there's there's multiple 40s in there. There's some 60s. But there's there's 134, 150, 121, 116, 121 again, 136. Yeah. There's some big ceiling scores, but I just... I mean, yeah, my, I, There's look, no change in role. No, nah, I don't my, know. My take on Houston is... Like, would I be surprised if if he goes big this year? No, I wouldn't be surprised. But can I ride the roller coaster? I don't think I can do it to myself. Like one of, if you if you look back to our first podcast, one of my rules was I want to pick players that I enjoy watching. I I just can't enjoy watching Dan Houston week to week. Um, you know, you love the one fifty, but I can't cop the forties. That just it breaks my heart. So yeah. um, I, I can't get on board, but I can see there'll definitely be some people who get on board and, uh, you know, all the best to you. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of upside in the kick-ins. Um, he didn't, he was third in line behind Ryan Burton and Riley Bonnet last year in terms of the kick-ins for, for um, Port Adelaide. But in saying that, again, some of his biggest games, he had no kick-ins at all. So yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of upside if you believe that he's going to start coming in and dominating those kick-ins, but there is a few guys in there um, that they maybe want the ball in their in their hands a little bit more. So like Trent McKenzie, we know him as the uh, the cannon. The cannon. Uh, he he's a guy that when he's in the team, he's going to be taking a few of those kick-ins. Obviously, Ryan Burton was their biggest guy yeah. last year, so they've got a few options there that I don't necessarily think he's going to come in and be a Shannon Hearn and just dominate that and, and present a lot of upside there. But I just um. Yeah, I just don't. I don't really see it with with Houston in terms of there's not enough and it's not an obvious change. I guess is my thing. Yeah, um, he's not. He's I'm not a go. super young player. How old is he actually? Let me have a. He's twenty six. Yeah, twenty six years old. So it's not again. It's not a third year, fourth year breakout or anything like that. Um, you know, coming off a career high in averages, are we expecting him to go even bigger? Um, yeah, just just not sort of my thing. If you disagree, though, guys, if you're yeah, watching along on YouTube, I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts and your rationale as to why you think Dan Houston is someone who could be potentially undervalued. And yep. if you're considering for your fantasy side, uh, let us know why, because uh, all about that discussion. And uh, I have seen that I have seen that opinion go uh, go out there a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, a few on, people on have flagged him as a, as an option. So um, all power to you, and let us know let us know why. Let's talk about uh, one of our boys, one of the Richmond uh, yes. faithful, uh, Nick Vlos. This bloke. Am I saying it right? Because I, I know there's been a few. <laughs> nah, mate, I, don't, I don't even know. Nick yeah. Vlossen. Let's go with Nick Vlossen. Um, he's an absolute jet, but he's not a fantasy jet. I think he, he showed improvement. Um, like he showed improvement over the last couple of seasons. Um, and there's like some consistency to his score. But with Richmond, there's just too many unknowns. Um, they've never been a great fantasy scoring team. And to be honest, I fully expect Jaden Short to go into that back line. Um, this year, and that's going to take up some of Lawson's uncontested marks. That's the big um, thing there, isn't it? Yeah, and you, I mean, 
even if Short didn't go back, you're still not. <laughs> you're still not. Uh, you're still not picking Vlosten. Um But with Shorty back there, it's it's not going to be a fantasy party for Vlosten at all. So Vlosten missed the first four rounds of the year last year, and in those first four rounds, Jaden Short went crazy. You know, twelve yeah. kick-ins, ten kick-ins, five, nine kick-ins, all for Short. And then after that, Lawson comes in, they split a little bit more, and then, of course, we know that in round seven, uh, Jaden Short moved into the midfield. Yeah. And that's where Lawson started to really dominate those kick-ins for Richmond. He started to be that more designated guy off half-back between him and uh, Rioli. But I think, obviously, we've got Hopper coming in, we've got um, Taranto coming in. Yeah, sure the expectation is short that's going to go back. Yeah. I would hope so. I mean, there was times where he was playing a little bit in the, the half-forward line, which... As not only a fantasy fan, but also a Richmond fan, I don't think that that's where he should be playing. Um, so I, my hope is that he moves back into that, that half-back role, short that is, and I think that that definitely will hurt Vlosten. And there's just too many... In those in those Richmond, um, Geelong, Collingwood systems... Um, there's really only enough. There. There's really only enough for one guy to, to stand out and be a premium defender, yeah. and I think that Vlosten uh, will play second fiddle to to a player like Jaden Short. So I think he's a pretty obvious one. I think so too. Uh, the next fellow on our list is a doggy, if I'm not wrong, and I think you actually owned this bloke at some point last year. Talk I to did. About that. Let's maybe talk to, talk with him and Caleb Daniel. Uh, oh. Sorry, Caleb Daniel and Bailey Dale. We're, Tyr- we're talking Tyrion about Lannister. here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Little <laughs> little helmet. Um, there's just too many mouths to feed. Um, Bailey Dale did really well last year when there was a couple guys out. So I think Caleb Daniel missed some time last year. I picked him up around that time. Again, similar to a Lloyd. I think yeah. it was more also a point of difference at the uh, point at the end of the season. I, I think Bailey Dale's a really good player. Yeah. Um, and if there was an injury to a Caleb Daniel, to someone that we might talk about in the mid-prices, Ed Richards or, or even Hamstrings Trelaw as well. So who, yeah, that's I was going to say. So you've got Dale, Daniel, Trelaw... Richards and others who potentially play that kind of role across halfback. I think you're spot on with too many mouths. There's to feed. too many like, mouths. To feed. If you look at the teams where you have a really successful high-scoring halfbackman, they're teams where there's one or two blokes doing That's that it. role yeah, at best, yeah. not four or five guys. Yeah, there's, you know, you've got you've got teams like Sinclair. Is he's the, he was the designated yeah, guy off halfback? Richmond, Dawson was Carlton. the guy for, for Adelaide. Yeah. You know, like those are the players. Sicily for Hawthorne. Yeah, that's what you sort of need. Whereas the you, I couldn't really confidently pick one of the Bulldogs nah. to sort of break through. Um, it, you know, it might be up and down. He might have some good games, but then he's also going to share the load with some of those other guys. But yeah. if, for example, and uh, again, not wishing this on anyone, but if there was an injury or something yeah. like that to a Caleb Daniel or one of those other Bulldogs players, Bailey Dale is the guy that I think has the highest ceiling of all of them. I think he's probably the best player in terms of... Um, his ability to, to... I think he's got a great kick on him. I think he's a good decision maker. Um, yeah, he he's breaks, got a little bit more height than, than a Caleb Daniel, which is not hard, obviously, so he can get a bit more of those wow. marks. Um, so yeah. I think I think he's the guy that I like out of all of them the most. 26 years old, right in the middle of his prime. Um, but I think whilst they're all healthy, I don't think you could pick any of them. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. What about Brando at the GC? Brandon Ellis, uh, uh, Richmond alum, alumni. Um, <laughs> He's got defender mid status, but I, I just I don't know what changes. I've seen some people mention his name on Twitter in terms of being undervalued, but I just don't see what changes at Gold Coast for him to to change his average. So Are I you think, kind of yeah. So I think one thing? of the one of the things for Brandon Ellis is he went at 102 in his last five, so he he finished the year yeah, really okay. strong. 
I, however, think that that might just be small sample size, flash in the pan. Um, who they, do you have who they played in those last uh, five, or am I being two? I do not. I can bring that up if I, if you give me two seconds. But I think yep. the other thing that people are also seeing is that the year before, he averaged 94 points. So yep. right there, you've got at least sort of uh, eight points of upside based on last year. However, I will point out the fact that the Gold Coast game plan changed dramatically last year. Yeah. The year before, they were kicking it around a lot, um, and defenders for the Gold Coast Suns were actually averaging a lot of points. We're th- talking about Jack Bowes, um, even uh, uh, Oleg Markov, another uh, Richmond alumni. Um, Ellis was one of those guys that benefited playing out on the wing. They were doing a lot more chip mark, whereas this year they're much more direct, and a lot of the AFL fantasy scores for the Suns uh, dipped. Yeah, and obviously, and the Suns had a good year last year. like They were yeah. as close as they ever were to making the finals, so I think they're going to continue going with that sort of game style. Um, so yeah, yeah. In his in his last five, he um, looking at Brando. Yeah, in his kangaroos. last five, yeah, he missed the games. The Kangaroos are in there. West Coast Hawthorns in there. Actually, he missed the game against West Coast. Ninety nine against the Hawks. A big one thirty against Geelong. Um, imagine they would have been pants in that game. But yeah, I, I just don't see enough changing. Yeah. That, that you pick him over someone else. Yeah, is all I'm it was very similar to like a, like a Daniel Houston. He's he's got some ceiling scores of 130, 126, couple of uh, low one hundreds, but then he's also got a, you know a couple of fifties, sixties, and seventies in there. Um, and and without a clear role change or a clear change in game style, yeah, uh, I just don't think that you could confidently pick him. And to put it in context as well, um, you spend an extra ten, fifteen k, and you get Dacos or Hayden Young. Yeah, and I think. I, I think, think most of us are going to do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think you can do both. I think he's he's the kind of type that people are looking at the stats, they're looking at those classic, you know, the last five or average after the buy, and, and, yeah. and he ticks those boxes just from a pure statistical uh, point of view, but you've got to go a bit deeper into terms of the role, uh, what's changed in terms yeah. of the team, and, and there's not enough there for me to, to infer that that will continue on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last couple of names on the list. I really haven't heard these ones get around on Twitter at all. Luke Ryan, uh, from what I've heard, great super coach player. Um, not so much fantasy. And then he has the downside of being quite accountable in on occasion too. Yep. Sometimes he'll just run around and rack them up. But there's a lot of times where uh, the coach says to him, hey, can you lock down? And that just doesn't suit us. And then uh, Mason Redman. Not touching him with a 10-foot pole? No, yeah. I, the, the Essendon back line is actually... They've got a few different players off there. You know, Nick Hind, um, everyone's favourite guy. Um, McGrath, well. yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, Dyson Heppel plays a little bit off there these yep. days. So, there's a few guys there mm-hmm. that, that, again, similar to the Bulldogs on maybe a lesser extent. Uh, there's a bit too much ball to go around. He had a patch there, I think, where he's putting up some good stats. I think it was around the buys. Um, so, there was flashes, but... I think that there's still yeah too many mouths to feed in that in that Essendon uh, backline in terms of sharing the the load back there. Yeah. Luke Ryan I think is going to start to cede more points to players like uh, a Hayden Young, Young um, yeah. like a, a Jordan Clark, like yeah. those guys are up and coming. As Luke Ryan's going to play a bit more of that third tall defensive role and, and maybe a little bit less of that general. So yeah, I can definitely see his price and value going down as some of those other guys go up. Yeah, no, I would. Definitely agree with that. And I think um, he may have to play even more accountable this year with... Because um, am I right in saying Griffin Logue um, was on the move this off-season as well? Oh, yeah, you're testing my... I think he went to the Kangas, potentially. <laughs> Jeez, d- die quietly if you can, Mitch. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're talking about all these overpriced players and it's making me feel ill, so I think we might... <laughs> well, I've got a solution for you, mate. I reckon we should talk our... Top, well, what, what we think... Our, 
sorry, in our projection, what we think will be our top six defenders yes, of Yes, yeah, that'll, that'll make me feel a lot better, I think. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll throw it over to you first, and we'll go through this because we've talked about all these players, obviously, yeah. but, but in your order... So one through six, D, D1. And, and we're being cutthroat here. We're not, we're not sitting on the fence or anything like that. What have you? Uh, what have so you we've got, got to be for cutthroat? Us? So I think I'm still locking in Doc as D one. So people might be thinking, "Hang on a sec, you just told me not to pick Doc." Yeah, at the start of the season. Yeah, you can <laughs> well, pick him up at some point. Yeah, we'll exactly. be in our teams at what, some point. What we're but... saying is he just doesn't present value at the moment. So yep. we wait for his price to potentially drop, and then we try and pick him up. So I'm going Doc at number one. We're going to go tit for tat. You no, you just you give me your six. I'll give you my six. Let's do that. So Mitch can copy my six. Hey? <laughs> uh, now I reckon that Jordan Dawson yep. at D two is still going to be the second uh, averaging defender. So he averaged one hundred and one points last year. Do you see him just doing that again? Yeah, I see him doing that again. If not, if not a tad more, but just not enough more to present value. Like I think yep. he's going to be. He's come to a new club, his second year at his new club. I think he's going to be comfortable in that role. His teammates now know how he plays as yep. well. And so I think that only benefits him. Like I said, I think I said earlier, I just don't see him dropping off a cliff in any way. Yep. I'd be shocked if, if he were to um, like go down in average. Yep. Uh, so I've got Doc, I've got Dawson. Then I've actually got Brayshaw. Yep, okay. Angus Brayshaw, that is, obviously. Yeah, Brayshaw yep. coming in at number th- uh, number three. I think we mentioned on the value, um, the Defender Value podcast that we see him being at least five points of upside. So that yep. that takes him to somewhere between kind of like 102, 103 to 105. So he and Brayshaw, uh, sorry, Brayshaw and, and Dawson on a sort of similar level yep. for myself. Now, this, this is interesting because the guy that I actually want to put next is actually not listed as a defender currently. So, oh, so this, okay. is where I, yes, this is where right. I have to ask your permission, Mitch. Can I put Shorty on this Jade list? Short, because I, I, I fully anticipate that by the come the end of the year, he will be a top averaging defender. I think. I think let's let's limit our list to defenders that are there now. Okay, so let me just put Shorty. Short, to the short side here. little asterisks, obviously, yeah. because we expect him to become a defender. So, yeah. um, but obviously, we can't select him as a defender right now for fantasy. Okay, if I'm uh, if I've been denied Shorty, I have to go back to the drawing board here. I'm going to go uh, Tommy Stewart. Yep. At number four. Then at number five, I'm going to lock in James Sicily. And then last one is my big call, but I made it on the first pod, so I've got to put Nick Dacos in there. This would be a huge call because I'd be backing him to probably average a ton. Um but, but I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. So, so it sounds like there. So if you've got Jordan Dawson going that one two one oh three sort of level, I don't and see be like huge averages from the defenders. I, I mean, they're I see, all kind of cl- clumped in there. So if yeah. Dacos is averaging hundred, and you know, your D two is is up there with yeah. hundred two three. Look, the other guy, the guy that I can see averaging, um, you know, like well over a hundred is maybe short if he goes to the back yeah. line. Yeah, um, he was but, good there. Yeah, but like I said, I don't see like a massive amount of improvement for Dawson. Brayshaw would need to show me something. Stewart can obviously go there. I, I just I don't see a, a heap of defenders averaging over a hundred. Like, what did we have last year? How many defenders averaged over a hundred? We had those three. We had so three. we had the three guys, and, and, and only and one Dawson of them was, was one ten. Yeah. yeah. So Doherty was one ten. Sinclair and Dawson were only just at a hundred. So yeah. I think it would be silly of me to suggest that we're suddenly going to have six defenders averaging 110. I think yeah. that would just no, be silly. I so. But, I, so. I mean, what's what's the date today? It's the 10th of January. So Very early days. <laughs> the, yeah, so the six that I've put up there, yes, 
Maybe they average 100. Maybe I don't know my ass from my elbow, but we'll soon find out, hey? Yeah, yeah. Your turn, mate. What do you right, got? Over to me. It's, it's a pretty similar list, uh, maybe slightly different order. Um, now, uh, I think for me, uh, to, to differentiate a few of you, I do also have Sam Docherty, number one. <laughs> yep. Bold statement. There you go. <laughs> hot uh, take, guys. Yeah, hot take. 108 I have his projected average, so a little bit less than, than what he did at last year with 110, but I still think he should be up there as the number one defender. Um, number two, and I think he's closer to number one than he is to number three, I have Angus Brayshaw. Okay. I think that he is out there for me. Currently, number two, I think he is in that 105 to 110 range, so close to a Doherty in terms of his 108 average uh, that I've got projected for him, but I think that he does have the potential um, in the midfield there in a team where he's not going to get tagged, elite service from the Ruckman. Uh, he's, he's put up, we've seen it towards the, the back end of the last year with a small sample size. I think he could be pretty good. So I've got him at number two. I have Dawson um, next. Again, I very similar to you. I think he's going to basically do what he did last year. Maybe a, a one or two more points extra just being a year further into the system. He's going to have a better preseason than he did last year. So I've got him maybe going uh, one or two points extra yep. in a similar sort of role. Jack Sinclair is a very big wildcard for me. I think he could yeah. he could be off this list altogether. Um, I've got him here at number four, so falling behind Brayshaw and behind Dawson. The new coach, the new system does worry me a little bit. So yep. of all these players, I'm the least confident with with a player like uh, Sinclair. But yep. at the moment, I've got him at number four. Uh, number five, I think you had him at four here as well. I have Tom Stewart. Yep. Uh, sort of in those high 90s, not quite cracking the ton, but, yep. but sort of. So at the moment, I've got four players averaging 100 with Sinclair. Again, a bit of that wild card. The top three, I'm pretty confident in getting the 100. Um, and then last, um, this is the, the spot that I struggle with the most. Honourable mentions to Sicily, which you've got in there. Yep. Uh, Honourable mentions to a player like um, uh, Isaac Cumming, Hayden Young, Isaac some Cumming. of those guys coming up there. But I do have Nick Dacos in there hey! at D6. You've talked Woo! me into it a little bit. <laughs> You talked me into a little bit, but Mate, you're just trying to get on my hot take here. Aren't you? Uh, I'll, I'll ride those coattails a little bit. If, if they come off, if they don't, it's all your idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I fully expected that to but, be the case. Um, but <laughs> maybe I, I think I have the the ceiling or the the uh, the bar a little bit lower. I yeah. think that D six is probably still around that ninety five, ninety six kind of mark. So he's yeah. very close to the I mean, Sicilies it, for me. For me, it's like it's wishful thinking to think that he averages hundred. But I think if you like, if you put it out to the AFL community, we all hope the kid does well. Oh, like, of course. He, yeah, he's such a jet. I mean, it would be. It would be a great story if he could just go bang and be a top six defender in his second year. One of the guys that we don't have in here, which we, we probably should have mentioned as well, is Aaron Hall. Is another <laughs> guy that we've, we've left well, off our list. Now, many, he might average yeah. more than some of these players. but yeah, Over three games. Might, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So I think we've kind of unintentionally disqualified him because of his uh, oh, risk there, factor. Yeah, but there's, no, there's no doubt if he plays all the games, he's a top six defender, but it's... Yeah. Yeah, so I think honourable mentions to me of this six would be Sicily and Aaron Hall um, with some yeah. of those young guys there around in the mix as well. Yeah. But Nico Dacos does get that number six spot for me. I'd, uh, I'd be keen to see what some of the people out there have to say yeah, in terms yeah, of their if, top six. If uh, you want to leave a comment. The, over on the YouTube comments, yeah. make sure, let us know what your top six defenders are. If you're really brave, uh, put a projected average next to their name and let us know how, how much you yeah. want uh, those guys to go. If you think Dacos <laughs> is going over a ton, if you think that uh, Sinclair 
player is going to still average 100. Be very interested to hear your takes, guys. So uh, that might do it for us now uh, here, Luke. Next podcast coming up, we're going to be talking about all of the mid-prices. Yeah, so all of the ones that are be talking about out there, uh, who are our favorite mid-prices going into this season. It's obviously uh, the big topic in the preseason. They're very hot names. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Even if you are listening to something else on a podcast platform, go over to the YouTube uh, channel, subscribe. It would help us a lot. And uh, make sure if you guys do enjoy the content, give the video a big like. Uh, Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And um, Roy and Calvin. Roy, Calvin. Let's go. (laughs) We need you. One out of three. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. And uh, happy fantasy team building. Bye. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.